This podcast may contain explicit language. Welcome to the Dynasty Download, the show where we prove Dynasty League fantasy is the best form there is. I'm Tom Duncan. Co-host, Ethan Hamilton. This is episode 113, the second episode of our 2022 summer series, covering the third and fourth rounds of our Mock Dynasty Startup Draft. But first, if you'd like to contact the show or have a question for us, please write us at dynastydownload10 at gmail.com. If you'd like to be on our mailing list this year or going forward, please send us a note there. Also, you can now follow us on Twitter at DYDownload2020, and you can now find every episode of the show on dynasty-download.captivate.fm. Finally, please follow, rate, and review the show so more people can discover that Dynasty Fantasy is the best form there is. With that, E, did you have a nice Father's Day weekend for what I think is your second time through it, right? Yeah, second one. First one where the child is actually like awake. (laughs) I think she was like two weeks old uh, for the first one. But uh, yeah, number two, it was fun. It's exciting. Um, Still kind of surreal to me, but yeah, it was a fun weekend. Good. I'm glad. Did you get one of those uh, best father ever mugs or something? No, no. We went out to someplace for lunch. That's about it. Still change poopy diapers, if that's what you were wondering. I wasn't, and I don't think the rest of the audience was either, but good to know. Good to know. All right, so remember that I have the odd-numbered teams, although in the even rounds I have the even-numbered picks. So far, we've had Jonathan Taylor, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, Javante Williams, CeeDee Lamb, Najee Harris, Kyle Pitts, DeAndre Swift, T. Higgins, A.J. Brown, Delvin Cook, D.K. Metcalf, Austin Eckler, Jalen Waddell, Christian McCaffrey, Stefan Diggs, Cooper Cup, Devontae Adams, Debo Samuel, and Brees Hall already taken. So I'll remind everybody at home, if you want to follow along all summer, I have a page up on the website linked in the episode description that will show you everyone that has been picked so far and in what order, because it's easy to recap the first two rounds. But after today, I am not reading 40 names before we get started. The big questions for me as we get into this third round are going to be seeing when will we take quarterbacks and maybe some of the other tight ends. It's been primarily running backs and wide receivers so far with the lone exception being Kyle Pitts. And other than Brees Hall that you took at pick 11 last week, when will we see the other rookies start to come off the board? Yeah, um, that's kind of a really good question. And I don't really know if I have the answer to that right off the top of my head. Like, I don't know if there's going to be like a a run on anything. I think they're going to kind of pop up here and there. Like with Brees Hall, if the Jets use him properly, he should he should be worthy of that pick if they do use him properly. But we're talking about the Jets, so I, I understand. But, you know, just kind of seeing where some of these guys fall. Um, we've had the last couple of weeks to kind of hear what the coaches think of these guys, you know, with OTAs and training camp coming up. So I feel like maybe, depending on how far this goes, depending on what news we may hear, some may go up further than others, but I don't really know. I, I imagine to see a, or see a couple of them tonight. Excellent. 
So I think that we're at least going to get one quarterback probably by the end of the fourth round. I would say that we're likely to get at least two more tight ends so far. And I think there will be a small but noticeable run on a few of the rookie wide receivers uh, from this last first round that will come at some point tonight, if I were to make any predictions. So are you ready for rounds three and four then? I'm interested to see who I'm going to pick. Remember, I'm going into this blind. Like, I'm just looking at the board, seeing what it looks like. I'm very interested to see where I even go. So, all right, let's go. So I ended the last special that we had by basically saying, if I'm going to have Jamar Chase on one team, I don't really feel like I should take Joe Mixon. And it's been bothering me since I edited that episode because that's just dumb logic. You just take good players. So I'm going to start by taking Joe Mixon on the same team as Jamar Chase and Delvin Cook to begin round three. I feel like that's a great pick because that's who I was going to go with. Uh, next seeing that he was still left on the board. He's not a guy that's going to wow you necessarily with his complete package, but he just ends up putting up stats by the end of the day. He'll have 18 carries for 78 yards. And then he'll also have five catches for like 30 yards, but he'll uh, sneak in a touchdown there somewhere during the game. And the fact that he's on a productive offense where they're not going to load the box because you've got T Higgins, you've got Jamar chase and you've got Joe Burrow to be able to throw the ball effectively. I just don't think that uh, you're going to necessarily have a bad output with Joe Mixon as long as he stays healthy. I can hear you a hundred percent with that. I had Joe Mixon uh, for a couple of years in dynasty trade him away for Austin Eckler. Eckler outscored him, but not by much. So Joe Mixon, especially with the offense that the Bengals are going to have for plenty of years to come, you know, still only 25. There's still a lot of very good years left in him. Absolutely. All right. So your pick at number two, this team currently has Jonathan Taylor and DK Metcalf. Yeah, I think I'm going to go back running back and I'm going to go Nick Chubb especially with the Deshaun Watson stuff, probably not playing this year. I think you're going to have a heavy dose of Nick Chubb. So I'm going to go Nick Chubb. All right. Interesting. Another guy that could be in a bit of a timeshare yet, because we still don't know what his carry splits are necessarily going to be, but a guy that has intriguing power on a run first offense, at least for the time being. All right. I feel, like so, we, I feel like we know what his carries are going to be. Him and Kareem Hummer have played together for plenty of years now. I feel like we know exactly what they're trying to do. But I think now with no quarterback less than what they had before, they're going to even lean on him heavily. heavily. I think he is probably the best pure running back in the NFL as a runner, just the way he, he uses his body. But I feel like we know what we can get from him. Fair enough. All right. So the team three currently has Justin Jefferson and Austin Eckler. I think this is a good spot to either select a guaranteed wideout position. That's going to be very consistent for you, or maybe take a chance on a tight end. So I will here, I'm going to go Mark Andrews. I thought about him at the pick before. 
I like it. On a team that you already have Justin Jefferson and Austin Eckler, you really want to build up because, yes, this is a half-point PPR, but it's still going to matter. And you know that the Ravens are going to run a lot of multiple tight end sets with the way they want to play football with Lamar Jackson. He's going to be a dominant receiver in that offense, even if they don't end up passing the ball as much as they did the last season. And I've said before, I really like the advantage that you get in having a star tight end by comparison to a star wide receiver at the same position, just because the decline is so quick over the cliff for tight end at that position comparative to wide receiver, which is the deepest. I mean, it's tough for me because I, for me, I feel like it may have been, you know, I thought about him the take pick before, but I was like, maybe it's just a little early for a tight end and, Maybe it's just a little early for a tight end. (laughs) I don't know. They just fall off so quickly. You know, that's my only concern. All right. So to your pick at number four for the round, Javante Williams and Jalen Waddle on this team currently. Yeah, I'm thinking for a second, I was thinking maybe I'll go quarterback. May still do that. we, We talked about it yesterday that this is kind of just this type of round is you're really kind of picking apples to oranges at this point. So this pick, this team has kind of been my experimental team anyway, just going straight youth. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to continue that. I'm going to go with uh, Michael Pittman Jr. He's a guy I considered, old. and this might be a little bit sooner than I thought he would have gone, but you know me, and frankly, I know that uh, you've been high on him since he came out of the draft. This is certainly a guy we don't feel is necessarily a reach at this pick. No, and what's funny is you've come a very long way on Michael Pittman Jr. And I would say a pretty decently short amount of time, the last month, month and a half or so. Um, But you've come such a far way with Michael Pittman Jr. Why is that? Why have you finally come over to my side? Well, I'm just looking at what other people's opinions were, and they kind of convinced me. When you look at the fact that I think last year he was, what was it, top eight in overall targets, and he was one of eight receivers, I think, that had over a 25% target share on his own team. If his touchdowns at all increase, because I think the Colts were like the team that passed the least among any team in the red zone last season, then you would think that this guy is going to be the beneficiary, because I think the next highest target share on the team was... Uh, Zach Paschal, who I think is gone now, and he was at like 13%. And I know they drafted Alec Pierce, and I know that they're going to get back their former, I think it was third-round pick, Paris Campbell, who has never really stayed healthy for very long. I just think that he is going to be the dominant receiver, and we've seen what number one Matt Ryan wide receivers have done in the NFL so far. I think this system is set up to dominate him for targets and or yardage. And while he may not get a ton of touchdowns, you know, he only had six last year and I think he finished in the mid twenties at wide receiver. So I think the sky is the limit. And I think he could comfortably finish inside the top 10 at the wide receiver position as a wide receiver one before we are all said and done this next year. I, yeah, I agree with everything that, that you have said. I, I love Joe Mixon, and I think the offense that he's in. You mean Michael finally, Pittman? Yeah, sorry, sorry. I'm 
typing something into Excel right now. <laughs> I love Michael Pittman and the offense that he's in, uh, having a quarterback like Matt Ryan. And he was somebody that they really, really wanted to get. So if there's somebody that they want that bad, they're going to incorporate him into the offense and they're going to find ways to make him successful. I think he's going to have a couple more touchdowns than you think with such a big body and a quarterback as accurate as Matt Ryan, I feel like they're going to utilize him a little bit more in the red zone, but you do have a running back like Jonathan Taylor on your team as well. So, you know, they're, they're going to run the football as well. Absolutely. All right. So pick five then, which was uh, CD lamb in the first round and Christian McCaffrey in the second. Now I might not do this if, I didn't pick what might be the riskiest player in round two at Christian McCaffrey, who obviously has immense upside because anytime he's on the field, he seems to produce points. But the last two years, he's just had severe troubles staying on the field. I think you need to draft probably another running back just to supplement that in case. And so I'm going to go with Cam Akers. Cam Akers, even um, after the injury scene, what he kind of was coming back, you still feel confident that he can be the running back that you not expected him to be, obviously, you know, coming out because that was such a tough injury, but still having a decently fantasy relevant career. So I think you're in one of two camps when it comes to arguing Cam Akers this offseason. Everybody's impressed from the fact that he came back from an Achilles injury and was able to play in the playoffs. And I think he even got in one regular season game before the end of the year. That being said, you're either on the side that says they played three of the toughest run defenses in football throughout the course of the playoffs, or you're the guy who says, well, Cam Akers got a ton of carries, but his efficiency was terrible. And I think some people try and excuse it away and some people don't. What I look at though, is it's a volume game. Last year we had an inefficient Najee Harris produce, I think is either the third or the fourth running back, depending on your scoring format, just based on having 95% of the running back touches in an offense. I think that even despite Darrell Henderson Jr. still being there, that we did see last year, even during the playoffs coming off of that injury, in the Tampa Bay game, he got 27 touches to Sony Michelle's three at the time, who had been their running back one going into the postseason. So to me, that says that Sean McVay trusts Cam Akers to carry the ball and carry the ball a lot. And he is not a guy that likes to swap out his backs very often. He's not a committee guy. And so if that's going to be the case from a volume standpoint, I think this is about the right time to take him because even if he's not his super explosive self that he was before last season and before the injury, eventually he will kind of resume some of that and he's still going to get a heavy workload in a highly productive offense. And so for me, that screams he's going to be a, at worst, running back two going forward. Okay. I mean, we all know how I felt about Cam Akers, and I just, I don't know if I'm that high on him. I mean, he had a very, very good first game back, and then the next couple of games after that, it was 
you kind of tell he was still struggling. Now he still has the whole off season. You know, there's a lot of time. All we, we know all that, you know, and he honestly, he probably came back a little too early. If they weren't a Super Bowl contending team, I don't think we would have saw him last year, but um, you know, I, I hope you're right. Cause I really like him as a football player. Well, and I think this might be a little earlier than I would have normally taken him, but I think this is, for me, the highest upside guy on the board left, and you needed a running back to supplement what you might lose if Christian McCaffrey can't stay healthy or that his career ends prematurely to what we want it to. So that goes to pick six here in our third round. This team currently has Najee Harris and Stefan Diggs. It is going to add DJ Moore, a wide receiver that no matter who his quarterback is, is consistently getting a thousand yards or more. I, we're going to see a quarterback upgrade in the next couple of years, still very, very young for as long as he's been in the league at 25 years old. So I still think his best football is ahead of him. We just got to get him a quarterback that can maximize that. Fair enough. He has been relatively quarterback proof as far as the numbers game goes, not necessarily on touchdowns, but he's been able to produce at worst, I think, as a wide receiver three, even despite the fact that he's played with uh, some really terrible quarterback play in Carolina and will probably continue to play with some bad quarterback play this year. All right, so that takes us to Team 7. Currently has Kyle Pitts from the first round and Cooper Cup in the second round. He's got one really young guy and one really older guy but he needs probably some type of running back by the time we hit the third round here. So I'm going to go on the potential for the upside, not knowing how his legal troubles may end and a guy who's been really consistent up to this point, but we don't necessarily know what's going to happen. I'll go with Alvin Kamara. I was wondering when he was going to come off the board and I was thinking about him at this next spot. I still think he has a lot of good football left in him. And I think the Saints are going to kind of surprise a lot of people this year as well. But you're right. We don't know how long or how long he's going to be out because he's going to miss games. Almost assuredly, I would say. But it's a matter of past this year. I think you're, you're trying to think of about a three-year window for everybody but quarterbacks probably. Is he a guy that can hang on for another two years? I think he's had pretty good consistency and longevity of staying on the field, save for maybe about three or four games every year, which puts him in the category of somebody like a Delvin Cook uh, as far as injury history. And he's a guy that produces when he is on the field, even for bad offenses, just because of his catching ability and the fact he's still so good and elusive between the tackles. That takes us to pick eight in the third round here. This team currently has DeAndre Swift and Devontae Adams. I am deciding between two people here, and I think I'm going to go with Deontay Johnson. 25 years old, so still, yeah, still very, very young, and he's very, he has emerged as the number one guy, I think we can safely say, in Pittsburgh. We just, my only reservation with him is we don't know who, you know, how good Pickett is going to be. But then again, he still put up very, very decent numbers last year with Ben Roethlisberger as his quarterback. So 
you can feel safe that he is almost getting to that quarterback proof um, level as well. Yeah, possibly. I'd like to see what he does this year with a Mitchell Trubisky or a Kenny Pickett. I still think that his ability to create space early from separation off the line, his ability to run routes as effectively as he does and get a lot of those slot plays really helped him with Ben Roethlisberger. But I want to see how the offense changes with a guy who actually doesn't have a noodle arm anymore. All right, let's go to pick nine. This team currently has T Higgins and Debo Samuel. And so I think it would be a disservice to go with a third wide receiver in three rounds. So the question becomes, what type of running back do you want? I think it's a little early to reach on a couple of these guys. And so because you have some youth on your side with the wide receiver position, I think you can be a little bit riskier at running back and take Derrick Henry here. Wow. I really thought you were going to go zero running back strategy with this team. No, I don't necessarily believe in a zero running back, but it's how you want to build out your team. And if you've taken little risk, you've given yourself a good shot at some consistency early on. Why not take a shot in the third round for a guy with huge upside who may have a short, shorter window uh, in order to put yourself in a position maybe right away to compete? I understand. I understand. You know, I just thought that's what you were we're going for with the two wide receivers. And it was going to be interesting to see how the team ended up. That's all my interest. That's why I said it. Derek Henry, you don't hate the pick. You just wonder when the wheels are going to fall off or is he just a type of freak athlete where he may just go for, for a while, you know, and the only way his career ends is if it, he is too powerful for his own body. Like, Bo Jackson or something like that, but you know, he's been consistent. So you, you got to just ride with it. So I understand the pick. I, I get it. Uh, with my next pick though, who do I have on this squad? AJ Brown and Brees Hall. And remember you have two consecutive picks now. Yep. 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 So I am going to use my first one with scary Terry McLaurin. Whether he stays in Washington or he goes on to greener pastures, that's kind of what I'm banking on, that within the next year, year and a half, he will be someplace else that really, really wants him, that as a quarterback that can take advantage of him. So I'm going to play the long game because I love the talent. Yeah, I can definitely see it. I think he's a guy that – would actually produce a lot more than we've seen so far. And he's another kind of quarterback proof guy, because as bad as the, the quarterback play has been in Carolina, it could arguably have been worse in Washington to this point. So I certainly can't argue with the pick. He's a young wide receiver. The question really is where is he going to be playing his football beyond this season? I think most people think he's going to sign an extension with Washington and for all of the Washington fans. And I guess him, uh, I hope that Daniel Snyder is no longer the owner by the time we get to next season, but beggars can't be choosers, I suppose. Um, All right. So my second pick then with the squad. Already starting the fourth round. 
You know, quarterback has kind of come into my mind a little bit now. Okay. If I was to speak my strategy out loud, but I think I'm still going to shy away from quarterback and I am going to go with Mike Evans. 28 years old. So, you know, he's kind of getting there where it's, you don't know if you want the guy or not, but he's not going to have Chris Godwin for the first five to nine games of the season this year. Mm -hmm. Tom Brady's back and we know what type of wide receiver he is Um, super consistent and a touchdown machine. So uh, I, I kind of like that Mike Evans kind of fell into my lap this deep into the draft so far. Yeah. I mean, his numbers that he's put up consistently are pretty impressive. I think he's had multiple 10, multiple 10 touchdown seasons so far. And I think he's had a thousand yards in every season in the NFL. And while he's not a huge catch guy, as far as like getting double digit catches on a weekly basis, he does get probably that many targets. So he's just been lock it in, set it and forget it for about as long as you can remember. And he's still probably got two or three good years, depending on what his quarterback is going to, what his quarterback play is going to be in order to at least make this pick worthwhile. I certainly can't fault it here. All right. So that takes us back to the team with T Higgins, Debo Samuel, and now Derrick Henry. The problem being that I don't really see a young running back that I really feel great about or that I really feel sure about. I think there are a couple that kind of catch my eye, but not necessarily to take at this spot. I think there's just too much positional value in a couple of other guys. So with that, I think I need to go back to the wide receiver pool because I still think it might be a little early on quarterbacks. So I'm going to go, I'll take the first wide receiver off the board or rookie wide receiver off the board and I'll go Drake London. Wow. Okay. Talk me through that one. So we know that he's going to have every opportunity to compete early on. So this is a team that, You're looking for win now mode, but this is probably the most up and coming pick that you've made so far, because you have to assume T Higgins is locked in for a pretty good season and Debo Samuel, you know what you're going to get. So the question then becomes what can you get out of Derrick Henry and for how long and can Drake London produce right away in order to maybe compete right now in that first year window, but you also have some impressive upside. So I think from a rookie wide receiver standpoint, he's probably the safest bet to get the kind of volume you would need in order to produce right away. I just don't think that he's going to produce in the way that we've seen the last couple of years with a Justin Jefferson or a Jamar Chase. I think those are the outliers, not the normal as far as uh, what we're going to have going forward. We've gotten used to it over the last two years, but I still think he can be an impressive addition on a championship level team if you know what you're doing. Okay. I, I mean, there's still, there's still some wide receivers on the board that I would take over him, but I, I've been on this train kind of before, you know, through the whole draft process. I mean, this class really doesn't do too much for me. So that's, that's the reason why that I'm just, I think it might've been a little early for me, but, everything you said and your reasoning makes a hundred percent sense or a hundred percent 
makes sense. So, I mean, I get it. <laughs> well, I think you're willing to take some chances on some younger guys a little higher up the board just because of the possibility you'll have him for five years. Whereas, let's say another guy I was considering in this spot would be a Chris Godwin. He's 26, and you probably have three to five years with him left. But the fact that he's coming off of this knee injury and we don't know how he's going to adapt quite yet, I think that probably propels a guy who's going to have all season and has a higher upside where he is the guaranteed wide receiver one on his own team. Although I suppose most people would argue that it'll be Kyle Pitts has a better outlook, I guess, going forward than somebody like a Chris Godwin who, you know, kind of splits the carries. He could be the wide receiver one at times and he can be the wide receiver two at other times. And we just don't know what's going to happen with that team after this year, given that Tom Brady already retired once, even if it was only for a month. All right. So that's pick three in the fourth round coming up. DeAndre Swift, Devontae Adams, and Deontay Johnson already on this team. Who do you take here? Man, that entire time you were talking, I've been I've been thinking, and I, I don't really have a great answer for that. So because of that. I think I'm going to go as safe as I can, and I'm going to take a quarterback here. So I'm going to take Josh Allen. We know what the arm talent is, 26 years old, with the weapons that they keep surrounding him with. Yes, I know Patrick Mahomes is there. Um, I get that argument, all that fun stuff. But Josh Allen, for me, he's the running ability that he also brings to the table, um, and he doesn't seem to take big, big hits. Uh, he's too good to pass up at this spot. No, I agree with you. I think his rushing ability and the fact that he's their goal line back yet probably gives him a small edge on Patrick Mahomes in my mind. And I would have had him as the number one quarterback as well. I think if you're looking at past the three to five year window, it's probably Patrick Mahomes as the number one guy. But if you're just looking that three to five year window that we talk about with most of the other positions, I think that Josh is Josh Allen won't be slowing down or running less anytime soon. And so for me, I think that makes him the number one quarterback in this class. I can certainly see where you wanted to go and building out. You took running back in the first round, took a little bit older wide receiver, took a pretty consistent wide receiver, but in a new offense is a, a slightly riskier pick in round three, taking the quarterback here to really cement your starting lineup isn't something that uh, I think too many people are going to sneer at. All right. So team seven, we have a couple of chancier picks on this team. Kyle Pitts at number one, obviously giving you a leg up at tight end, potentially taking the wide receiver one that could be for this next upcoming year in Cooper cup. And then Alvin Kamara is the real kind of red mark uh, question going into this next season. So I think that you probably need to do what I did with the Christian McCaffrey team and probably take another running back in order to supplement this team. And without seeing a great one on the board, I'm going to go with one that probably has the best upside. He's still somewhat young. He's kind of in the young ish category since he's not quite 26 and a guy that we've been looking for him to come back sometime in the recent past who at one point was a number one overall running back. 
I'll take Saquon Barkley here. I was wondering where he was going to go. Um, I was debating whether to take him with this spot here at six, um, not at four, because that's my fun little youth team. But I was wondering if you were going to if you were going to take the spot with him here. I personally think uh, that we still have a lot of really, really great Saquon Barkley ahead of us. It's just the offense that in the team that he plays for, you know, the Giants make it very, very hard to believe in something. Yes, I know they got new coach and they got new all that fun stuff this year, but it's that's the only reason why I have doubted him. But him as an athlete and him as somebody that can come back from that type of injury, um, I think he can be highly successful. So I think to this point, his injury history has mostly been recovering from some major injuries, if I remember correctly. Uh, I don't remember what he had two years ago that kept him out, but I think the, no, two years ago would have been the ACL. And then this last year was kind of recovering from the ACL after he had had, what was it? A really bad injury situation three years ago. Uh, But all of those are kind of fluky. And so I agree with you that if he's going to remain healthy and out there, because there's really nothing to tell us unless he somehow tears his knee again, which you can't predict that he won't be out there. I don't think I'm bothered as much by his injury history as I was last year. And the fact that they're going to have a new offense that I think is predicated on throwing the ball a lot more. I think his PPR value will rise this next year. And we still know he's an explosive back in space. To me, the worry is him running between the tackles just because of how bad that offensive line has been to this point. Now, I could have made some improvements over the offseason. I haven't really done a deep dive on the Giants offensive line because it's the Giants. But I do like the fact that he could catch more passes and make more explosive plays in the passing game this year and maybe be kind of a Joe Mixon, Austin Eckler type where he's not going to run for 1,500 yards, but he very well could get 1,000 yards over the course of 17 games, but also catch – 60, 70 balls and produce 600 yards and get a bunch of touchdowns through the air. And so if that's going to be the case, you hit gold with this one, especially considering that you took a chance already with Alvin Kamara at the last pick. All right. This goes to team six at the fifth pick in the fourth round. We have Najee Harris, Stefan Diggs and DJ Moore on this team so far. And they are going to be welcoming uh, Travis Etienne. I think the Jaguars are going to surprise oh. a lot of people. He is, you know, coming off of the nasty injury that he did have. So I think you're one, you know, you're always going to be bouncing back, seeing what you have. But I think in the offense that he is in with Doug Peterson, I think he's going to be utilized really, really well. And James Robinson, uh, we we've talked about it. You know, we don't, we personally don't think that he's the guy that's going to be there long-term. So I think this is kind of ETN's job to lose at this point. And you know how high I was on him last year before the injury. My biggest question mark with that and why I think this might be a little high for where I would have picked him is simply that the injury does scare me. A Liz Frank injury I don't think we've ever seen any running back come back from and have productivity. And so when it comes to that, he might be the new test case kind of in the same way that D 
Deontay Foreman and Cam Akers are trying to prove everybody wrong with the running backs and Achilles injuries. I think we need to see it before I'm really confident in somebody coming back from it. But obviously, if you get anywhere near what the talent was in college and in this offense, I think the product could be outstanding. So then we go to team five at pick six here in the fourth round. This team currently has C.D. Lamb, Christian McCaffrey, and Cam Akers. So they're set at some running backs for right now, which leads me to believe they're going to need a wide receiver. And while this team can produce right now, and I think that they have some explosive guys, it draws my eye that they may want to take a little bit of a chance on a younger wide receiver to try and carry them forward, as it were. Uh, So I'll take the guy who I've consistently ranked as my second best wide receiver coming into this year's rookie draft. And that'll be Traylon Burks for the Tennessee Titans. I'm a little surprised. I really, really am. We know he is built, you know, a lot of people's comp to AJ Brown in that same type of offense. So we know what AJ Brown is or was in that offense. If he can be that type of player, I don't know. I just think it's a little early. There's still a lot of other uh, wide receivers that I would have taken ahead of him, but I'm interested to hear your analysis as to why you took him here. Again, I think it's very similar to London in that I think he is going to end up drawing a lot of early and often targets. I think the Titans are going to design a lot of plays to get him the ball in space. And he's kind of taking over the A.J. Brown role in this offense, at least temporarily, until we may see Bobby Trees back on the field. Now, that being said, the offense is still predicated on Derrick Henry left, Derrick Henry right, Derrick Henry up the middle, and if there's a fourth down, Derrick Henry on a goal line sneak. But, you know, there's still got to be some production through the air. I think he's an explosive player, and as Derrick Henry ages in years two and three down the line from this startup draft, eventually they're going to have to shift away from him being the be all end all of that offense. And so I think at some point they're going to have to increase their passing. To me, that says eventually that this guy is going to end up getting a significant amount of targets down year two, maybe year three. And you already have your wide receiver one on this team. I don't think it's responsible to take another necessarily running back in order to do this. You already have your wide receiver one in CD lamb and I don't see another tight end. I like, so to me, this is the best of all of those worlds. Take a guy with some high upside that could help you a little bit right away, but that you can build a project around while you have the rest of your team pretty locked in and settled on your first three picks. All right, man. I know I'm much more willing to take a chance on some of these rookies than you are. So And that's, and that's just what it is. You know, that's just what it comes down to. But it's the balance of personalities. I think there are going to be a lot of players, both like you and like me. And so the combination of both and why we divvied up the picks. I mean, if it was just me making a list of how I would do it, then you just make a list of the top 300 dynasty players and you just slot them as to how a draft would go. That's not as interesting. That That is for damn sure. No one wants to read 
a, your list of 300 goddamn people. Well, I mean, if they want to win, they would, but. Oh, Jesus Christ. All right, let's go. Team four. Team four currently has Javante Williams, Jalen Waddell, and Michael Pittman Jr. And we are going to add Jerry Judy. You know, this team, young. We are young. We are looking to win in a couple of years, but we got some studs. Uh, 23 years old, added Russell Wilson as a quarterback. Really, the biggest thing that comes to mind for me is Russell Wilson has had a wide receiver like this, and his name was Doug Baldwin. Somebody that was a route technician could get open in tight spaces and was really, really utilized very, very well in the red zone. I think that Jerry Judy is a better version of Doug Baldwin, and I think he's going to feast in this Denver Bronco offense. So my curiosity here is peaked for one important question. You think Jerry Judy is going to be the wide receiver one in this offense over Cortland Sutton? Because in my mind, it's half a dozen of one and six of the other. Yeah, I do think that he's going to be the wide receiver one in this offense over Cortland Sutton. But don't get me wrong, Cortland Sutton is a stud. Like, I feel feel like there's going to be weeks um, where it's like, okay, he had a good, great week. Okay, he had a good week. But I do think that Jerry Judy is going to kind of be a reception or a target hog in that sense. Okay, so you think he's just going to get a higher target share, but that Sutton could be more of the big play guy, kind of like DK Metcalf to Tyler Lockett. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's a perfect example. Absolutely. Um, and like I said, you know, Cortland Sutton is going to be utilized very, very well in the red zone, such a big bodied wide receiver mm-hmm. um, and a very good route runner in his own sense. But uh, I just think Jerry Judy is kind of the wide receiver that Russell Wilson likes more, if I can put it that way. So bluntly. Sure. Okay. All right. So then we go to the team three with the eighth pick in the fourth round. We have Justin Jefferson, Austin Eckler, and Mark Andrews on this team. And so I think you could go in a lot of different directions. I think I would start to feel comfortable possibly taking another quarterback in this range of the draft. I think that there are some interesting possibilities at a few other spots, but I don't feel highly on some of the other available players here. And yet... I think I'm going to go with another running back just to supplement that uh, Austin Eckler is not our only running back so far on this team. And so I think there are a couple of names running through my mind at the moment. I think you could make a very good case for a JK Dobbins, but I'm going to go with David Montgomery. You know what? I really, really like that pick. I really, really do. I think David Montgomery is a very, very underrated running back in this league what he is able to do in the offense that he plays in or used to play in, I guess, but still a very decent receiver out of the backfield as well. I like that pick. So I just think that if Chicago decides to go more option heavy with Justin Fields at quarterback and Montgomery in the backfield, that those guys become their two most important players And I don't think that they're necessarily devoid of offensive skill position players. I think Cole Komet is a above average tight end. And I think Darnell Mooney could actually be a very good wide receiver coming in this next year. 
but I do think they're going to have some growing pains that they're going to need to grow into this offense a little bit because it is going to be different. They're going to be running a more West coast uh, zone stretch type of offense, a Shanahan McVay Lafleur type of offense. And I think that he could produce in that because he'll be the lead back. I think that they will split some carries with Khalil Herbert because they really liked him last year, but I still think that he's going to be the primary bell cow of this offense. And if that's the case in an offense, that's usually friendly to running backs. I see his numbers actually being pretty steady this year. He's still relatively young as well. He's on a potentially youthful skill position team. So I think over the next couple of years, the dividends could actually increase. So this is a good spot for him here, especially since you haven't really taken too many risks so far in your first three picks. All right. So we have pick nine in the fourth round for team two, which currently holds Jonathan Taylor, DK Metcalf, and Nick Chubb. I'm looking at this team and I don't really like this team. (laughs) If I can be completely honest, I don't know. I'm looking at the picks that I have too. And, I don't know who I want to add just doesn't make me feel super happy inside. Well, I would think that the risk of DK Metcalf that early in a team where you want to compete right now, because you took two running backs that early, it just doesn't seem to work out as well. So I think you need to take probably a wide receiver who's a safe bet to have a very good season so far to really round out, how you've picked this team to this point. Yeah. And that's just, that's just not where I'm going to go. I'm going to go with some excitement and I'm going to go with uh, Rashad Bateman in Baltimore. Now the number one wide receiver there, young 22 years old with a lot of potential didn't play very much with Lamar Jackson and still had, um, I'd say pretty good year with the quarterbacks that he had, especially the last couple of weeks of the season really emerged as their guy, a lot of targets up for grab and up for grabs in Baltimore. So I'm going to go with Rashad Bateman, hoping to bring a little youth energy and hopefully potential to this team. All right. So just because I also know what my pick to lead off next week's pod is going to be, I feel a little bit safer doing this and taking a chance. You have possibly the number one wide receiver in fantasy going forward in Jamar Chase. You've also taken two pretty good running backs who can compete right away. So I think that you could afford to take a chance on a guy who has really high upside that's going to have a couple of years left, but isn't going to be able to play right away this season. So I will take Chris Godwin here. Okay. And that'll end round four. Nice. Surprises. A couple that I have. I want to go first. Have you noticed Tyreek Hill is not on the board? I have actually. Yeah. Have you? I'm I'm really down on him, to be quite honest. I am too. I am too. I don't like him at all in Miami. I I think if you're gonna take Jalen Waddle, it's on the basis that eventually Tyreek Hill is just gonna fall off. But I just think he got his money, he's in Miami, and the motivation that he once maybe had to play well, I just think he might take the money and run and not care because the dolphins haven't been a great organization. So 
to mm-hmm. me, he does not scream Devonte Adams, who's constantly working and who wants to do greater things. This is a guy to me that says, all right, I'm pretty satisfied with where my career's been and my, I just got paid. So I'm going to sit back a little bit. Yeah. Lives in Miami, you know, just got the bag. We've seen this story a million times in the NFL and I think he's headed down that road. So I don't, I don't love him either this, that this year or going forward. So we have only had one quarterback to this point. We only That's had one more tight surprise. end go. We did a couple of rookie wide receivers and I know that you kind of disagreed with the assessment, but I think you can make the case based on you the long-term did a upside. Of wide receivers. Correct. Correct. <laughs> but that being the case, yeah, basically... we still have, as far as that goes, since you mentioned that Tyreek Hill is still on the board, that we still have guys that, at least in this list that I'm looking at right now, that are possibly ranked inside a lot of people's top 40 going into Dynasty League drafts. Garrett Wilson, J.K. Dobbins, Antonio Gibson, and maybe one of the other wide receivers, Jamison Williams, Chris Olave, or Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, there's a lot of good guys left moving forward. I think these next couple of rounds, you can really separate yourself from the rest of the teams if you pick well. I would agree. And again, I think you can take a little bit more chances if you took one of the absolute studs at wide receiver early because wide receiver is so deep that you could pick later on. So a couple of those rookie positions that you might've taken some chances on that weren't going to last longer, you can maybe pick up a guy that's a little longer in the tooth that has some ability. Let's say for example, Deandre Hopkins, you know, that's a guy that you could probably pick up late in most dynasty startup drafts and supplement down the line, but that coming back, could end up having a pretty decent target share. And we know that he got quite a few touchdowns this last season. So he still is going to be a red zone target for the Cardinals. Anything else you want to comment on for the week? Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. One last question for you. Who, what is your favorite team that you have drafted so far? Four picks in. Four picks in. Boy. I mean, I really like two teams that I kind of have my eye on, but frankly, well, you know what? I think it's probably easier for me to say the teams that I, or the team that I like the least. And I think it's oddly enough, the Derrick Henry Drake London team, you would have thought coming out with T Higgins and Debo Samuel early, that that would be a much better looking team, but that's probably the one I feel the strangest about just because We still haven't seen a lot of Drake London, so we don't know for sure on that one. And Derrick Henry is a big if, depending on how he comes back from his injury and depending on, you know, how many carries he can sustain for this season and then going forward yet. So I think that's the team that I like the least. The rest of them, I think it's kind of a toss-up. I mean, I like the Jamar Chase, Delvin Cook, Joe Mixon team, probably not quite as much as the Justin Jefferson, Austin Eckler, Mark Andrews, and David Montgomery team. I think if I really was pushed into it, that would probably be the team that I liked the most. But I also can't argue with the Kyle Pitts, Cooper Cup, Elvin Kamara, Saquon Barkley team. I mean, so probably teams three and seven are at the top, but team one's pretty close. 
Yeah, I would probably say team three for me out of your teams. On your side, I really do like the the team four that you're assembling with all the young talent. You know, Jalen Waddell, Michael Pittman, Jerry Judy, Javante Williams. I don't think that's a team that's necessarily built for right away this year, even though it, some of those guys could produce, definitely. I think that's a team for years two and three. And so I think that one could really hit down the line. I have to admit team eight is a little interesting to me just because that is a good combination of win now and still having some options open down the line. I'm having a lot of fun with this. Yeah. Um, team four, team four by far is my favorite just because I don't know, maybe it's the mindset that I'm in with my own dynasty team, just looking to the future. But yeah, team eight is, is one that I'm, I'm having a little fun with just going spur of the moment, but yeah, like I said, team two is probably my least favorite team right now with the Jonathan Taylor, DK Metcalf, Nick Chubb and Rashad Bateman. And who would have thought that with having the second overall pick? (laughs) Yeah, I really fucked that up from the beginning. I think, I don't know. Well, there's a long way to go yet as we go through this series. So this is only episode two. I think we're doing 12 episodes on this two rounds a piece. So 24 overall rounds, you got a ways to go to make up for some of that and kind of see how it all plays out. So that'll do it for us this week. Thank you to all the listeners and dynasty players out there. We appreciate you. We will be back again next week with our fifth and sixth rounds of our summer series startup draft. But until then, until then stay cool, everyone drink some water. If you'd like to contact the show or have a question for us, please write us at dynastydownload10 at gmail.com. Also, you can now follow us on Twitter at dydownload2020. Find every episode of the show at dynasty-download.captivate.fm. And as always, please follow, rate, and review the show so that more people can discover that Dynasty Fantasy is the best one there is. This podcast was mixed, produced, and edited by Thomas Duncan. It is a production of Ronnie Duncan Studios. Our music is thanks to Purple Planet Music. Our technical provider and distributor is Captivate FM.